0: Top of the morning to you, or afternoon, or evening, whenever you may be listening. My name is Scotty, and welcome to Chip Time. Today is Saturday, October 30th. feel like we've been having Saturday episodes the last couple weeks, kind of just because of my schedule, but it does work out well this week because yesterday, because Friday, was filled with cross-country conference championships all across Division I. There was a lot going on, so what you can expect from today's show is a breakdown of some of those conference championships. We're going to do detailed analysis on both the SEC and the ACC championships. I watched both conference championships and something a little bit different for the Big 10 and the Big 12, but I'm not going to reveal exactly what that is until we get to that part of The show also a little bit of a quick training update will be going on as tomorrow I will be racing a 5k race for the first time in a little bit over a month. Doesn't feel like it's been that long, but time flies, am I right? So, this will be the hot cider hustle in St. Clair, Michigan. But before we dive into All things training, all things conference championships, quick update on the metrics. It's short and sweet, people, but a big thank you because we just hit 1,300 total streams and downloads from the start of the show until now, and uh, I'm just very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for the continuing support, continuing uh, listenership and audience participation, and uh, it is fun to to see those numbers go up. It's certainly not the primary motivator for me. Uh, I don't have a massive marketing plan of how we're gonna grow this or, or whatnot. But it is nice validation that something is resonating with the people, and uh, hopefully we are doing our a small part in inspiring some people here listening to sign up for a race or maybe just try a little bit more running with your exercise routines. So speaking of routines, uh, my training, I'm not going to lie, it has gone very well the last couple weeks. Uh, Last episode, I talked about my holistic approach to training at this point of the year with the goal. I'm going to repeat it every episode because it is important to me. I want to end 2021 healthy i want to go into the winter where i can work on strength and mobility and not have as high of mileage i want to be healthy for that part i don't want to have to take off time because of having too much intensity or too high of mileage too soon so the last two weeks have been really healthy to majority of my runs have been easy runs anyone on strava sees that i've been doing about four easy runs a week. I've been doing one workout. I've been doing one long run and I've been doing one steady run. So only one of my normal runs is at that steady pace zone where I'm pushing that, you know, 75% ish effort. Um, most of my runs, I'm just going easy, getting time on feet, and doing the supplemental stuff that we talked about last episode so really all i have to say uh, in in the the realm of training is that it was another good week for building that pyramid hit about 35 miles mike and i got a great fartlek session in of three miles on at uh, i'd say around threshold maybe a little bit below threshold and then two minutes off at more of a steady float and we alternated that uh, on five different repetitions. So, got um, just about 25 minutes of volume there with a warm up and cool down, bookending it and felt very, very smooth. Felt very smooth running right around six minute pace. And for the later blocks, a little bit under six minute pace for those three minute repetitions. And I gotta say, that is giving me confidence going into this race that I was feeling that smooth that we split around 19.40 for the middle 5K of that workout when it was in on and off and not a full 100% all out effort. So I'm feeling pretty good going into this. I can't guarantee a sub 19. I don't really know what this course is like, but I am confident going in and we're gonna be racing the saucony endorphin pro for the first time so I've, i've raced in the speed a few times in september the pros just were not broken in yet but we're busting out that carbon fiber plate and uh minimalist upper breathable upper for this race and i think it is forecast to be dry uh it's been a very very rainy wet week here in the midwest And many of our conference championships that I've been tuning into have been rainy and wet as well, really across the whole country. But I think it is forecast to be dry tomorrow, and that would be really nice because these plated shoes, when you're running them wet, it's kind of like you're you're stepping in a puddle uh, with that energy return. So today was just an easy three-mile shakeout run, eight-minute pace. Uh, I did get some abs in as well. I don't recommend doing stability drills or a lift the day before a race. That's going to make you feel sore. But a good ab workout just to open up the lung capacity was just what the doctor ordered. And the last thing I have to talk about a little bit here at the beginning is I wanted to share my acupuncture experience because as we know few episodes ago, Tom recommended acupuncture. He, he said he's been going to it with this approach to wellness to supplement his running. And if you really think about it, we, we need to take care of not only our bodies, but our minds as well. Uh, the company ASICS, A-S-I-C-S, it is an acronym for the Latin translation of sound mind, sound body. And I will admit, I neglect the sound mind all the time. Uh, I try to just hammer mileage a lot of the times and uh, maybe not get great meals. And just for whatever reason, my head is wired in a way that the doing, the, the act of physical exercise, I always elevate that in priority over these other parts of wellness. So I decided... I need to expand that. I need to try something new. And so I took Tom's recommendation. So basically, uh, I really just want to describe like what my visit was like, like, what actually happened, and then how I felt after getting this acupuncture treatment. So basically, I walked in, um, answered a bunch of questions, it, kind of general health questions, um, just making sure I would that this would be good for me and not harmful uh and also just for the acupuncturist to get to know me my background uh my levels of anxiety my levels of stress very important to be open about that when you're when you're getting into something like this that is designed to help clear your head so went through the questionnaires and then you go into this room there's a, there's a mattress with really good lumbar support, and you lay down there, and uh, you start you start feeling some pokes. And just to be clear, I, I am someone who has given blood on numerous occasions, and it doesn't hurt per se. But they tell you, the nurses will tell you, oh, you're just going to feel a poke. It kind of hurts your arm a little bit, let's be honest, especially since you have a bunch of blood flowing out of it. But in this case, take my word for it, people, it is just a poke in different areas of your body and the needles are not going in enough that you were drawing any blood. So uh, if you're not a needle person at all, obviously you're not going to do this and, and I wouldn't try to convince you anyways, but if you are a little more comfortable, uh, a little more open-minded. I just wanted to let those who are on the fence know that I never really felt uncomfortable uh, the entire time. So I was laying on my back and the little needles went into the top of my foot. I think some around the ankle area um, and then on my arms, there were some like upper arm closer to the wrist um, more in the middle of the arm as well. And then I also had some on my forehead, top of the forehead. And, uh, like I said, you just kind of feel pokes here and there, uh, throughout that process. And then, uh, the acupuncturist leaves the room. You have a very soft light that is, uh, it's overhead, but it's not bright at all. And there's just very relaxing, Ambient music playing, and you lay there for forty minutes, and I'll tell you, it it felt like about fifteen. It, it didn't feel like five minutes, like a snap of the fingers, but it felt like about fifteen minutes. I I was very relaxed. Um, I was thinking about, like my my brain was definitely engaged in this process. I was thinking about. <laughs> Getting a little serious here, but I was thinking about the person I want to become. Pretty heavy stuff here on the program, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, I just really laid there and and was deep in thought, but almost removed from my body, if that makes sense. Like my my body was so still for that forty minutes, but my my mind was really engaged. So different than your your typical cat nap. And at the end of the 40 minutes, ac- acupuncturist comes back in. She removes the needles and she basically says, like, take your time getting up. Like, don't sit up immediately. Take your time getting up and, uh, and then come out to the, the lobby when you're ready. And I really took my time. Um, I, I took about a whole five minutes, like, sitting up slowly moving my legs off the table slowly. And I didn't realize this until uh, she walked out of the room, but apparently when I'd been laying there, my right hand was uh, was kind of curled up into a fist. It wasn't like a, a clenched fist, but it, it, was, it was curled up into a fist. And after she like removed the needles, um, I didn't really have feeling in that hand. And I had to open up my fingers with my left hand. So I just found that interesting, uh, probably like a pressure point kind of thing. But yeah, uh, long story short is I felt very relaxed, uh, even more than I expected to be, to the effect that I was planning on doing some work when I got home, Um, like manual, like dude stuff, putting together this bookshelf in my guest room, and I got back, and I felt so chill that I was like, absolutely not happening today. And uh, I ended up watching The Fellowship of the Ring. So uh, that is my, the one point I will throw out there, was it was a very positive experience. I will be going back for another session uh, in a couple days, actually, I think in two days. Uh, So the day after this 5K, but the one thing to note, people, is if you're planning on going to your session before a workout or before a social event or before some kind of physical activity, I wouldn't really recommend that. I think you you come out of this very, very chill, very balanced is probably the best way to put it, that I would recommend uh, not really having anything on the calendar that day now you'll be refreshed and and fine for the next day uh but that's just my recommendation after my first experience so i'm feeling good going into this 5k tomorrow and in one piece of advice for anyone listening anyone racing this is for all levels this is for for the college athletes this is for the uh the, the, the casuals like myself When it is the night before your race, we've talked about words of affirmation before on this program, open up your Strava, look through all of the hard work you've been putting in. Look at all of the training you've been putting in days where the wind was in your face, days when the rain was pouring down and you got out there anyways days when you maybe had a blister or something, and and you ran through it anyways, look through that training. Get to the start line and remember what you've done to get there. Lori Hennis of NC State, who we will talk about later, her famous quote is, racing is a celebration of your training. And that is what these events are. Uh, there, there's another quote. Larry Ralston said this on the the ACC or on the SEC championship broadcast: "The road to success is always under construction. So look back through that Strava. Remember what you've been putting in to navigate that road to success, and I think you're going to be a little more confident when you get to the start line. So." I'm fired up to race, but it's time to talk about some races that happened yesterday. The cross-country championships for the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and Big 12. October 29th, Gans Creek, Missouri. A field of athletes line up for the Southeastern Conference Championships. A championships event that has been dominated by the Arkansas Razorback men and women for quite some time, both defending champions. The women looking to get their ninth consecutive conference championship, and this is how things unfolded. So, fortunately, people, the SEC broadcast this on the SEC network. And the ACC broadcast their conference championships on the ACC network. So I was able to watch both with my, my standard cable package. So I tune in for the SECs. It's at Gans Creek. This is a World Athletics certified course, meaning they can host world cross-country events with runners, uh, professional runners internationally. And the weather was not very favorable On this day, 20 to 30 mile per hour winds, uh, just about 38 degrees of real feel out there. But that is cross-country weather, people. And the beautiful thing that I always say is those are the conditions for everyone. This isn't a virtual event where people are clocking in with, with great weather elsewhere. So sloppy out there, wet. Um... Not great footing, but it is a beautiful course that they have out there in Gans Creek. So for the women, they run two loops of three kilometers and the men run a two kilometer course and then the 3K loop twice as well. On the women's side, reigning champ uh, both of the conference and of the national championships last year. Mercy Chalangot, she went in there, took care of business, and repeated her SEC championship with another title over Joyce Camelli of Auburn. And really the last kilometer, it was down to just those two. But I have to give a shout out to Parker Valby, a freshman from Florida, who finished fourth, which is a very high finish for a freshman. She did a lot of the work. From about 2K, for sure by 3K, she was in the lead. The lead, she surged, and in those 20 to 30 mile per hour wins, did a great uh, job of, of just running gutsy and putting it all out there. Uh, also, have to shout out Chrissy Gear of Arkansas, who had an excellent last kilometer to rocket up to third place. But on the team side, it was Arkansas, and, clinching their ninth consecutive sec title but oh boy was it close and it's it's honestly a little bit heartbreaking to 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 see what happened i was on the edge of my seat because with this broadcast they were showing team updates of of the live standings every kilometer and after 5K of this 6K race, it was really close between Alabama and Arkansas. And you could see that if the, the second and third runners shifted between the two teams, they, the, the positions could switch and Alabama could win this. And they had not brought home a team SEC title to Tuscaloosa in 35 years. Of course, the individual side they had but not the team title. And at that point, five kilometers into the race, they had four women in the top 15 and their fifth runner, Jamie Reed was in 25th place. And we're watching the finish. We see Mercy win. We see that their second, third and fourth runner have actually moved up and through four runners, Alabama is ahead of Arkansas. And all it would have taken was for Reed to hold on in the top 40. She could have lost 15 positions, and they would have won. But unfortunately, I don't know the details. It wasn't uh, covered in the broadcast. She dropped out of the race, and their sixth runner, who ended up being their fifth runner, was around 60th place. And because of that, Arkansas got the win. But heartbreaking to see. Uh, I'm not trying to call out this athlete, but man, I was so sure when the fourth runner was through for both teams, is going to win this. The upset, it's happening. And unfortunately, someone who's, who was looking pretty strong through 5K couldn't make it six. So that was a, a bit of a bummer. You always want to see the upset, but congrats to uh, Lance Harder and the Arkansas Razorbacks on that win on the men's side i gotta shout out Elliot kipsang of alabama getting the win a mid-distance guy a guy who was second place last year in the mile indoors at national championships and was an all-american in the 1500 as well going 336 multiple times in the 15 last year getting a cross-country conference championship in a race where the, the commentators were were very consistent on this and I agreed with them, you don't expect middle distance runners to fare as well in those poor conditions uh, because they, they seem to be a little more track-oriented, flat track, you know, no, no wet footing on that. And man, he just sat behind the pack of the Arkansas Peloton and, and just had way more closing speed than anyone else. So shout out to him. Eamon Kemboy of Arkansas was second. And Mario Garcia Romo, it's more fun at MGR, was third place. He was the reigning SEC champ from last year. But after how long of a season that guy has had competing all the way through the summer uh, for his his home country of Spain, um, in the European U23 Championships, he's had a long season. He's just getting that cross-country fitness back, and honestly, third place is a pretty darn good finish for him. And we still have regionals and nationals, so it'll be fun to see where MGR can go. As a team, I mentioned that Arkansas Peloton—they got a pretty comfortable win over Ole Miss. Uh, you got to shout out Ole Miss because their their top three, including MGR, was ahead of the top three of Arkansas in a cumulative way, but just didn't have the depth, and Arkansas certainly did all five of their scorers in the top 20, and they defend the title. The next race to cover, though, the next conference, the ACC uh, I've been very consistent on this podcast that I am an NC State women's cross country fan, and this one took place on the Joe Piani course in South Bend, Indiana. And what says what says At- Atlantic Coast Conference more than South Bend, Indiana? Am I right? So on the women's side, we had straight up NC State domination. And the thing here that we got to remember, so easy to lose in the shuffle, is that Dom Claremont, who was the ACC champion last year for the Wolfpack, she's healthy now. She is competing uh, after some issues after cross country last year, but she has not even been in their top five and they are still stomping on the conference. They went 1 2 with Kelsey Camille and Caitlin Tui, and also had fourth and fifth place with Hannah Steelman and Allie Hayes. And their fifth runner, Samantha Bush, was not too far back in eighth place. So I'm still pretty confident in the Wolfpack for uh, my national title pick. BYU's looking strong. Colorado's looking really strong. New Mexico's looking really strong. We're not going to cover their conference championships today. But just keep in mind, there are some other stud teams out there. have to shout out Amanda Vestry from Syracuse, third place in this race. She was the runner-up last year, so great to see consistency from her. And uh, hopefully she keeps it rolling and can put together an All-American finish because it didn't quite work out last year with that weird winter season uh, after that fall conference championship. On the men's side, it was a dominant win for Adrian Wildscoot of Florida State, a man who was second place at the national championships behind only Connor Mance in the mustache last season. And uh, Dylan Jacobs from Notre Dame was second place on his home course. And Wildscoot he likes to run an honest race. And, and he, he brought this up in the post-race interview. He doesn't want it to be a huge pack through 5K or 6K, and then you have to start doing some work. Around 3 or 4K, he started surging, inserting some pace, and there was a little bit of a pack around him. There was his teammate, Ahmed Muhammad, who ended up getting third place. There were three Notre Dame runners, Yard Goose, Dylan Jacobs, Danny Kilray, but when it got down to the last two kilometers, no one could go with that guy. He surged even more. He cut down the pace even more and took a dominant victory there. So his only loss this season was to Connor Mance and his only loss uh, in the last calendar year, his only other two losses, pardon me, was to Connor Mance at Nationals and to Yard Nagoose. At last year's ACC championship. So this man has been incredibly consistent. In the post-race interview. They brought up that he's training at 100 mile weeks right now. And that's new for him. His coach held him back a little bit. uh, After he transferred from Coastal Carolina. But he's running 100 mile weeks. So he's not tapered. And he he repeated it multiple times in that interview. He's like I feel good right now. I feel good even with that level of volume. So once this guy tapers, I feel like he's pretty hungry to take Mance down. And with him tapered at Nationals and Mance tapered, oh boy, that is going to be one heck of a race. So you got to shout out uh, Notre Dame, though, for getting the team win here, defending their ACC championship. I believe they've won uh, three out of the last four years at this point. And so, yeah, I mean, they, they've had the whole A squad now they're competing from here on out. I mean, it's conference regionals and in nationals, so nothing to hold out from. And the squad is looking pretty darn strong with Jacobs, Nagoose, and Kilray at the front. They also had, uh, Carmody was way up there. And, you know, a couple guys who were all Americans last year, Andrew Alexander and Jake Renfrey weren't even in their top five yesterday, which shows you how deep this team is. I still like NAU for the national title at this point, uh, but I I do think Notre Dame is showing up at the right time. And fifth place in the race for Nagoose was kind of what we call a rust buster. He hadn't raced since the U.S. Olympic trials in June after having an unfortunate quad strain holding him out from the Olympics. This was his first race in about four and a half months. Fifth place in the conference championship, not too shabby. So we'll see how he does in the regional just about two weeks from now. So I might as well address that with the schedule here. If I am correct, I'm pretty sure two weeks from now is the regionals, and then the week after that is nationals. I'll double check when we get closer to there, but I'm pretty sure that is how the schedule goes. So I did mention at the top of the show that I was planning on doing something a little bit different for the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. And here it is, people. Uh, The Big Ten. I really wanted to watch the Big Ten Championships. It was broadcast on BTN last year. It was an excellent broadcast. And we previewed it on this show last episode. So I really wanted to watch it live. And I I have my predictions in place, and I know a lot of these runners. And guess what? The Big Ten Network did not follow suit with the ACC or the SCC. They didn't broadcast it on the Big Ten Network. You have to purchase a subscription to Big Ten Network Plus for $14.99 a month, the low price of $14.99 a month. And that is almost as much as what I pay for like my normal TV package. Just straight up, you know, not worth it. So, we gotta start right here. Big Ten Network. That's a chop. Right no, nope, yeah. that's a chop, buddy. What, did, what was that? That was weird. Why are you chopping it off? It's a chop, man. You say or do anything stupid, and that's a chop. But, I did not watch this live. And because of that, I was real salty in the moment. I was very upset. But I said, wait a second. Let's do something a little bit different with the podcast. I'm actually, I actually just like held off from checking results. I held off from Instagram because I follow a lot of these athletes on Instagram and I even held off on some Strava. Um, but I am going to just observe the results here on the mic in real time. And we're going to kind of break down the race, uh, at least, at least break down the results. I can't really break down the race. Uh, But but we're going to break down the results and maybe what some of the implications are of these results right here in real time. So just to refresh everybody on what my uh, predictions were from last episode, my predictions on the individual level were Jenna Magnus of Michigan State. Uh, with a close win over Bethany Haas of Minnesota, and then uh, Morgan Beatlescom, also of Michigan State, to get the individual men's victory over John Davis of Illinois. On the team side, I have predicted Minnesota to win the women's race and Wisconsin to win the men's race. So I'm clicking on the results right now. This is, of course, at uh, the Penn State course Um, Let's see if we'll add we have the men's race at the top Wisconsin Wisconsin got the win uh, five in the top 10 actually six in the top 10 with a dominant performance over the Michigan men but wait a second here. I haven't gone down to the individual results, but I'm seeing a one and a two next to Wisconsin. Bob Liking with the W. We talked about Bob last episode. The man with freshman eligibility who's been crushing it this season. Bob Liking, your Big Ten champion. And Olin Hacker second. Oh my gosh, don't get me started on Olin Hacker. I'm pretty sure the guy graduated high school in 2015 like he is the same age as grant fisher and somehow this man has red like three times and he's gotten a free year from the global pandemic so shout out old man hacker on getting second john davis was third and uh, mo beetle was fourth so shout out to uh to bob liking big w there And man, this guy's got to shoot up our expectations for the national championships, given what he's done on the Nuttycomb course, top five, and now winning the Big Ten championships. So I did mention that uh, Michigan was second, uh, right behind Wisconsin. So Devin Meyer of Michigan was 11th place in the race. Uh, Looks like Tom Dodd was their number two guy. At 14th. And Dodd is a little more of a 1500 meter guy. A little more of a miler. But great race from him. And uh, guess who's back. Back again. Brady's back. Tom Brady 17th place. Number 3 guy for Michigan. Great to see him. Back in. The fold there. The question I'm wondering is. uh, Before I go to the women's race. Ben Veach of Indiana. Ooh, 34th. Tough day. Tough day for him. But uh great to see that W for Bob Liking. Really really excited for that. So the Hoosiers who were runners-up last year uh fall into 4th this year. Minnesota jumped up to 3rd with uh led by Alec Bastin, uh 5th place for him. He was the uh was he he was 3rd place at nationals for the steeplechase last year behind, uh, Ryan Smeaton and, uh, Keegan Shumgati from, uh, middle Tennessee. So let's move to the women's race. Let's see how, so, so I went with Magnus over Haas and I went with the Minnesota women. It's going to be fun to watch the rerun of this tomorrow on BTN. Now, now that I've gone through this way. Alright, we're going down to the women's race, Minnesota for the win, oh boy, and they got the individual win too, oh my gosh, it wasn't Bethany, it was her twin sister, we picked the wrong twin people, (laughs) Megan Haas, your Big Ten champion, oh my goodness, Bethany ninth. she was third on the team. Abby Cahoot Jackson was seventh for Minnesota. She's a great steeplechaser as well. Jenna Magnus was third in this race, so not a bad finish by any means. But uh, uh, Megan Haas, your Big Ten champion. I got to address this, though. I got to address it. I, I know uh, this is very conspiracy theory territory. Did they Did they give the wrong bibs? to the wrong twins you know what i'm saying was this a freaky friday situation i don't know and and we will never know but according to the database i'm using megan haas is your big 10 champion and uh hey still top 10 for bethany uh erica Vanderland of michigan second place very strong finish for her just about one second behind megan right there but minnesota taking home the hardware shout out to the golden gophers on that so i had a feeling i had a feeling that it would be fun to do those live pre- predictions and reactions and because of that i got one more for you people uh the big 12 so the big 12 they have a deal with espm plus where pretty much uh, conference championships across most of the Olympic sports are um, covered exclusively on ESPN Plus, and they also have a handful of college basketball games throughout the season. Uh, but the long story short, similar to to BTN Plus, is uh, I do not subscribe. Uh, Runner Space Plus is the one that I am loyal to. So, anyways, uh, I didn't get to watch the big uh, big 12 championships but I have some predictions here on the women's side even though Kaylee McCabe of West Virginia just got the win at Nuttycomb she's undefeated this year there is a woman who has won the last three big 12 championships. her name is Kaylee Logue of Iowa State and I'm picking her whether that is with my head, or my heart, I want the Kaylee Logue for Pete to be a reality. On the team side though, I'm going Oklahoma State. I really like that Taylor Rowe Molly Bourne combination. Uh, Gabby Henteman has been improving quite well this season too. So I'm going Kaylee Logue and the Oklahoma State Sooners. On the men's side, there's really only one pick here. It's Wesley Kip too of Iowa State. Um, Isai Rodriguez of Oklahoma State, of course, an incredibly talented runner, uh, two top 10 national championship finishes in his career, but I'm going with Kip too here. Uh, I really think he's pretty darn uh, unbeatable at that 8K distance, aside from races with Connor Mance. There needs to be an asterisk for that when I'm talking about Adrian Wildscoot. And Wesley Kiptu uh, asterisk outside of races with Connor Mance, uh, who by the way won the West Coast Conference Championship. Uh, these guys are unbeatable. On the team side for the men, I'm going with the Oklahoma State. Uh, I almost said Sooners. Did I say that for the women? It's the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I am so sorry. Go Pokes. Uh, the the gosh, I almost said Sooners again. Oklahoma State is a very deep team on the men's side. They, they have more than just a one-two punch and a strong third runner. They're pretty deep from top to bottom. When you get beyond Zai Rodriguez to a couple more guys that were All-Americans last year, Alex Meyer, Ryan Smeaton, Victor Shasama, and and I'm sure they've got some more guys who have been improving their fitness as well um also uh Shay patterson who transferred from uh, southeast louisiana so i'm going oklahoma state both team races and then we're going kaylee loge for the four pete and wesley kip too so here we go this is this is live people this is hbo big 12 championships let's click it right here um so we got we got the dudes first oklahoma state Okay, we got Oklahoma State. They had all five of their guys in the top 10. That is pretty darn in line with our uh, prediction there. And it was Wesley Kiptu getting the win by, oh my gosh, 24 seconds. And the crazy thing here is, Zai Rodriguez of Oklahoma State was second place, and he was uh, 28 seconds ahead of his teammate Alex Meyer. So Kiptu was about uh, almost 40 seconds. I'm doing terrible math here. He was pretty far ahead of everyone else. So strong contingent of those Oklahoma State guys um, packing it up for second, third, fourth, sixth, and ninth place. But uh, Iowa State made it really, really close. This was a seven-point uh, victory for Oklahoma State and I mean all 10 of or excuse me all five of Iowa State's guys also in the top 10 so man this looks like it might have been the race of the weekend um, unfortunately it's it's on one of those premium platforms but uh, you know outside of Kiptu Festus Legat who's a middle distance guy fifth place and uh, yeah they they held it down for seventh eighth And 10th as well. So literally the entire top 10 was five Oklahoma State runners, five Iowa State runners. So wow, what a showdown and and statement uh, for the Big 12 that it's running through Oklahoma State and Iowa State. But shout out Wesley too for the victory there. We're going to run down to... The women's race, and like I said, I don't know who won yet. Kaylee McCabe, definitely the favorite. Uh, Taylor Rowe, probably uh, another one. But I'm going with Kaylee Logue. She doesn't lose this meet, okay? She she doesn't lose Big 12s. So I'm going to scroll down here to the women's race. And it was, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. Kaylee McCabe for the win by 0.6 seconds over Kaylee Logue just just robbing her of the four Pete oh my goodness I, I'm gonna need the I'm gonna need to borrow someone's login for this one too uh Taylor Rowe third Molly Bourne fourth so uh strong finish for the Oklahoma State women who did take the team victory by one freaking point. By one point, people, literally, if Logue beats McCabe, they get the team title and the individual title. That is cross-country. That is why we love this sport. It is so exciting. And man, you really got to shout out Kaylee McCabe, though, uh, from West Virginia getting this win after this and Nuttycomb and winning some smaller meets. She's in the national title conversation. She has to be. Mercy Chalanga, Alabama. Whitney Orton, BYU. uh, The NC State women. Kaylee McCabe is in that conversation. So, wow. What a dominant victory for her to to take that. But, man, I can't believe the four-point was was that close. The four-peat, excuse me. Um, I I wish I could have watched that race as well. But, hey, I don't know if anyone appreciated that uh that kind of ragtag analysis, but uh it humored me, so that that's all that matters. I don't get paid to do this, so uh you gotta you gotta humor yourself every once in a while. but as we wrap up the show, uh just a couple of shout outs here. The first one I have is uh have you ever wondered who the best athlete in the world is? I heard a very what I would call irresponsible take on the ESPN family of networks where someone said that Kyler Murray, the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, is the best athlete in the world. And I mean, I think he's a good quarterback and and he's pretty fast and I think he's good at throwing the ball. (laughs) Don't you love my NFL analysis? (laughs) We need to talk more football. But, uh, just that to me, that was such an irresponsible take because I said, I I asked the question, has Kyler Murray ever inspired the human family? In my opinion, I'm marking it down right here. I think the best athlete in the world is Elliot Kipchoge. Uh, he did something that no one thought was humanly possible. And, uh, even beyond that, you ask the guy what, what his favorite part of his running career is, he always brings up inspiration. He always brings up, he just wants his performances to inspire people to believe that they are not limited. So Kipchoge is my pick if, if we're throwing him out there. Um, but interestingly enough, Elliot Kipchoge has been asked who his favorite athlete is. So a little bit different context, not who the best athlete is, but he has been asked who his uh, favorite athlete is. And he said Roger Federer. So I, I love that pick. You got you to gotta love some Roger Federer. Uh, I've always been a Nadal guy, but of course I respect the greatness of Roger Federer. The other shout-out we have is Latezenbet Gide. Of Ethiopia, the 23-year-old who was the bronze medalist in the 10,000 meters at this year's Olympics, she broke the women's world record for the half marathon, one hour, two minutes in 52 seconds. That is crazy. That is crazy fast. Uh, I believe the former record was, was in the low 64s, the low one hour and four minute sessions and oh my gosh she just demolished that 23 years old people 23 years old and in the marathon is typically in an older runners event when you lose some of that track speed but gosh we got her crushing it right now and uh i think we're a week away from the new york marathon so we might have to chat about that next week on the show So as we wrap up here, if you want to get in contact with the show, send me an email, chiptimepod at gmail.com, chiptimepod at gmail.com. And if you did enjoy today's episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or as the boomers call it, iTunes. Uh, I read all reviews on the show. And if you'd like to join our Chip Time Strava group, all you have to do is follow me on Strava and I will add you to the group. So I'm getting fired up for this 5K tomorrow and uh, we'll let you know how it goes. I want to get my buddy who I'm uh, running with in this race on the show as well. So hopefully it's not just me next time. Hopefully we get him on the show too. So thanks for listening. Keep working hard and we'll see you next time.